God almighty, blessed heaven, our sins. <laughs> don't you do a Hail Mary right now? <laughs> What's the opposite of a Hail Mary? Uh, masturbating? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> With a crucifix. <laughs> Exorcist who? And that's why I'd fuck the preacher from the exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> Are we recording? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I was with Ethan and Desiree, and they gave me the idea for this as an intro. Oh, sweet Jesus. Are you ready? What are you going to say to me right now? Don't look at me. <laughs> so I said, excuse me, sir. That's my emotional support pocket pussy. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a cold day in hell when I let a man named Lance tell me I can't use a pocket pussy that I spent my hard-earned money on as a purse. If you don't like it, go to a different Arby's. (laughs) Do you agree? (laughs) I just heard you swallow. Yeah. (laughs) I like that all day. And that's um... I guess. <laughs> Would you use <laughs> pocket pussy as oh, a purse? Oh, every day. Every day? It's every day. I want to use, like, a mater from Cars from pocket pussy as a purse. With the buck teeth and everything. Do everything. Yeah. The buck teeth are the clasps. <laughs> but I want it to, like, when you insert your dick, I want it to be like, get her done. Oh! <laughs> 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 that is genius. I need Hasbro to get a hold of us now. <laughs> I want my royalties, please. <laughs> Can't be any worse than the Bajankle. Do you remember that? Pardon me? <laughs> the who? The Bajankle. I need to. The Bajankle? Bajankle. It was. Speaking of serial killers, it looks like something a serial killer Does it? Would but which serial killer would use a, a Bajankle? Ed Gein, of course. Oh, Godspeed. I respect that. I respect a man with mommy issues. It's a whole ass Bajankle. <laughs> so it's like a pocket pussy of a foot. Uh, oh, if, a, if, you, if, you, if you walk into a man's bedroom and he has a vajankle, he's a serial killer. I think you that's the sign that we're gonna get married. Honestly, <laughs> I need me a weird bitch like that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Lord Jesus. Okay, I gotta keep reading the script. We gotta stick a little bit to the script. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> I'm just retarded. Okay. My name is Alyssa, and with me, as always, is my chaotic crackhead of a them fatal Ireland. <laughs> I like that. Thank <laughs> you <Too> much. <clears throat> we wanted to start this little show called High Crimes and Myth Demeanors, which I can't say without sounding like I have a lisp. I said that to my dad. I was like, it's High Crime and Myth Demeanors. <laughs> he was like, Myth Demeanors? And we spent half an hour saying that back and forth. Like maybe baby, maybe baby, maybe baby. Don't start with American Dad. <laughs> is that not what this podcast is about? No. Oh. We'll be here talking about our favorite serial killers, like most white people do, and our favorite myths, cryptids, and urban legends, all while Ireland gets belligerently high. <laughs> but we're not men, so that makes it better. <laughs> yeah. But you're not exactly not a man, but you're also not a woman either. So I guess you cover the in between. I'm an experience. Oh my God, you're the missing link. Period. 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 We figured it out. Mm-hmm. That explains so much about me. <laughs> you already know, like, a decent chunk about our daddy Ed Kemper, though, right? Like, I a, do. Like, a pretty decent chunk. I do remember, um, there was a lot of, um, 
fellatio with uh, severed heads. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. That's what I like to do on my Saturday evening. I was just about to say, yeah, yeah. like casual. <laughs> but you're 25% brain functionality, so I think I'll handle this. <coughs> yep. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so like I said, Ed is, uh, he's my favorite serial killer. I do want him to blow my back out. He is 6'9 when he was arrested. He was 6'9, 300, like not feet, 300 pounds. Dude, I met a guy, I met a guy in the psych ward who had the exact same measurements and I was like. But did he have the glasses? No. Because then the fantasy would be complete. No, he was more white trash. Oh, wow. It was, I think he was a meth head. Oh. Which is even scarier. Imagine like Ed Kemper coming at you, but on meth. But like, skip it now! What the heck? I've noticed that, like, a lot of the boys I like all have glasses, I, like, and I don't know why, and I think Ed, Eddie Boy started that for me. See, mine was Jeffrey Dahmer, which we'll get he to also later. also has, yes, yes, excuse me. Excuse me. Thank you for listening. <laughs> End of show. <laughs> okay. But, like I said, he was, he was 6'9", 300 pounds at the time of his arrest, and I think that's the kind of guy you'd, like, you'd fucking remember. My dad was like, who's that? And I was like, <laughs> excuse me. Let me tell you about Daddy Kemper. <laughs> He's also got glasses like Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> you know? I'd take some belly work for Red Kemper. Oh, sweet Jesus. But whenever I hear 6 9 my first thought is that I'm cruising to seducing. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, Daddy Kemper, I know you're 71 and I'm 22, <laughs> but I got a boner for a dysfunctional and mentally unavailable men with your name on it. <laughs> Don't forget mommy issues. Got oh, yeah, mommy period, issues. period. He's got mommy issues and he's a Sagittarius. Bring your ass over here. Let me make you a turkey dinner. <laughs> and then I remember, like, like all the rape and the necrophilia <laughs> and, like, the murder and the matricide. And I'm like... <laughs> On second thought, get out of my house. <laughs> I said unhand me, sir. <laughs> I want to fuck your head. No. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> if you can't if you if you can't make it from scratch, store bot's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um he was born in nineteen forty-eight. I feel like I thought that's he was younger somehow, or dude, older somehow. Dude, no, he was he was December eighteenth, nineteen forty eight. We love a Sagittarius. <laughs> Wait, what was his birthday? December eighteenth. Okay. Sagittarius territory. Sexy. Sexy, very sexy. Sorry, I haven't that's met, problematic. Huh? I haven't met a Sagittarius that hasn't ruined my life though. So, anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with well. his with his parents, uh, he was like the only boy out of like three. He had two sisters. He was actually the middle child. That explains everything. I didn't think he was... The, I thought he was the oldest for some reason, considering, like, the way his mom acted. No, he's yeah. the middle child. Middle child gang sound off. You're that's the youngest. Me, that yeah. doesn't count. I feel like middle child. <laughs> Have you ever had a younger sibling that's a dog? <laughs> yeah, my younger sibling is a dog. <laughs> so Ed's sister, Susan, was born in 1943. Ed in 1948. And his sister, Alan or Eileen? Come on, Eileen. Uh, was born in 1951. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, like, his home life was as, like, dysfunctional as most these days, which I actually trust more. Like, whenever someone's like, yeah, my parents get along fine, we're all happy, I'm like, get out of my space. Where's your trauma? Where's the flavor? <laughs> Where's the flavor? Oh, that's, uh, yeah, tr- flavor. There's, there's literally no flavor. You're not going to connect with me on anything. When I'm like, my mom bitch slapped my brother with a package of ham, you can't relate with me on that. It's like, my mom made me ham once. It's my favorite meal. It's really sweet of her, actually. <laughs> yeah. She's like, fuck out of here. <laughs> Honestly, get out of here. Where's your sense of humor? 
word come from? Period. What do you think is funny knock-knock jokes? Neurotypicals bum me out. (laughs) A healthy family dynamic in this economy? (laughs) As if. (laughs) Like, if you don't have mommy or daddy issues by 2020, like, what's it like being God's favorite? (laughs) Like... Even just a sprinkling. Trust me, you listening, if you don't think about it for five minutes, you will by the time you're done. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. I need you to get some repressed memories to come out of the woodwork. Like, if you don't have trauma, I'm not getting on top. Period. <laughs> and I will not call you daddy. Period. I mean, I might. Mm-hmm. Period. Um, Ed's parents divorced when he was like a ripe nine-year-old. Which, that sucks. I mean, like... As long as they weren't like, this is 100% your fault, Ed. <laughs> I don't know. You know, his mom. Didn't she also, like, wasn't she, like, you might be getting to this. I'm didn't getting she, to it. Didn't she, like, have a thing where she was afraid he was going to, like, deal yeah. his sister? She made him sleep in this, like, dark, gross basement with, like, a single light bulb, a twin bed, which he called a cot, and a furnace who he thought the devil lived in. And he said he could hear, like, rats around him in the dark. And my dad made me sleep in my bedroom basement once, and it was the worst eight hours of my life. Like, granted, I survived, but could you imagine if that was the night that the hallway demon decided to clap my cheeks out of existence? <laughs> could you imagine? Yeah, I might murder my parents, That could have been too. tragic. Like, mm-hmm. it's definitely going to be a closed casket funeral for me. <laughs> <clears throat> Um, but Ed really loved his father, and he actually followed him to his new life. Like, he ran away, but, like, Ed's dad, Edmund Emil II, the sequel. (laughs) The sequel. Had already gotten, like, a new honey and, like, a new family and everything. That was quick. Yeah, like, real quick. So he had to go live with his paternal grandparents, (coughs) Edmund Kemper, (laughs) Edmund Kemper Sr., the original gangster. OG. Yeah, OG. Mm-hmm. It says OG in parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> and Maude Hewley Kemper, his wife. <laughs> Stepmommy. How are you going to be the wife to the OG? I could never imagine. <sighs> I could never live up. So, uh, Ed actually ran away because he didn't get along well with his mom. And like like I said, she had him like, live in that basement with like a single light bulb, like that Paramore music video. But not nearly as aesthetic. Yeah, not nearly as cool. Haley Williams was not there singing. If only, maybe that would have saved. Yeah. But his mom's name was Clarnell Stage, which, like, let's be real. I hate that. That's a cunt name. That's a cunt have name. Have you ever met a decent person named Clarnell? Clarnell. I've never met a Clarnell. Yeah, exactly. Because they're assholes and they'll get murdered by their sons. <laughs> um, but she made him sleep in the basement because she had this idea that he was going to, like, molest his two sisters. And, like, whether she was right or wrong, we don't know. We'll never know. But, like, he was... You never try, you never know. Yeah. But he was, like, a kid. Whatever urges he had totally could have been nipped in the bud. Yeah! Like, way early on. But instead, she was like, no! You fool too hard in the opposite direction. That Mm -hmm. fucked you up. Yeah. That's what my parents did to me. (laughs) (laughs) She actually... His mom actually told him that she wouldn't show him affection because she was scared it would turn him gay. Which... Hold up. <laughs> like, I don't know what about a hug from your mom and getting big milky mommy knockers in your face makes you gay. I don't know. Like, maybe her affection... It made me gay, but... Yeah, but that's you. You have so many other traumas. <laughs> maybe her affection was too much. It made him want to, like, suck some dick and gargle some balls. I really don't know. <laughs> but I would love to know. I really would. <laughs> yeah, like... But I don't. I still. Don't, I don't understand. Like, if I love you too much, you're gonna be a fucking homo. Like, yeah, you, maybe that's what my parents thought. But guess what? <laughs> <laughs> maybe if they loved you more, you wouldn't have been a homo. No, hundred percent. Yeah, been you're homo. right. You came out of the womb once and snatch. I get it. 
<laughs> okay, but anyways, after he was rejected by his father, he was sent to live with his grandparents, and just like it with his father, Ed, like, really loved his grandpa, but did not hit it off with his grandma, who was a lot like his mom, and was, like, really, like, verbally abusive and nasty to him, and, um, they had a lot of guns in the house, like, they would go hunting and stuff. That's a super great idea for a mentally unstable kid to be around. <laughs> but wow. she was, like, nervous he would, like, hurt someone, so she would take the guns with her when she left. Valid, I guess. Like, all, in, like, a bunch of guns. Like, she <laughs> Just was, a little old lady, Yeah, like. and this little old Maud Kemper carrying all these Maud guns. Kemper. Like, you can't be named Maud carrying guns and expect me not to get afraid of you. Yeah, I'm more afraid of her in that situation. <laughs> yeah. Than little Eddie. Little Eddie Kemp. Yep. Um, but at the age of 15, he was already pushing 6'4". Jesus, and I don't 15, and Ooh. I don't know how little old Maude, like, had the balls to be pushy to him. Like, I can't even stand up to myself at a man who's 5'7", let alone a 6'4", 15-year-old. I would get robbed. I would get robbed by a 15-year-old. I would get 100% mugged. 15-year-olds are savage. I'd get mugged and bullied. <laughs> Period. <laughs> I've gotten like... bullied by 11-year-olds. <laughs> That's when you know your life's really heading downhill. I've gotten bullied by uh, my my 6- or 7-year-old niece, where she was like, you can't do backflips because you're big. And I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, well, I was planning on eating today. Not anymore. That's so, that's so savage. Yeah, it's probably because she was raised by my sister. <laughs> but Ed lived with his grandparents for a little while, but after an argument with Maud, he left the kitchen, got one of the family's many, as I said, many guns, and shot her in the back of the head. Reportedly also shooting her two more times in the back. There is, like, some speculation of, like, post-mortem stabbing, but there's, like, too many varying stories for that to be, like, delivered as fact. I mean, but I believe it, because yeah, that's I a lot of rage. I believe it 100%. That's so much rage. 100%. 6-4, you got to have a lot of frustration. But, um, and your joints <laughs> just ache. Period. <laughs> he actually, like I said, he really loved his grandpa, and I think the only reason he killed his grandpa is because he didn't want him to be disappointed in him for killing his wife. That's Even though Ed does said he's like, well, I wanted to spare him the sight of his wife's dead body and knowing that she was killed by his grandson. And I just think he didn't want to get in trouble. Yeah, you know? I think that's really the Like, looking thing. back, I probably totally would have killed my mom so that she wouldn't see that I ate all the Salisbury steak. A hundred percent. Like, a hundred percent. I mean, yeah, 100%. yeah. I always thought that Ed killed his grandpa in the house. No. He was bringing in groceries. And it's like, <gasps> bang, bang. Imagine. Imagine. You spend fifty dollars on groceries only for your for your shit-heeled grandson to Just shoot you pop you what oh my dude, god dude that would suck like i spent good money on these oats and grits and you're just gonna kill me before i can all even enjoy them waste, all of them went to waste and there are children starving <laughs> they would have died for those blood-soaked oats <laughs> but ed actually called his mom and was like what do i do and she was like bro call the police and so he did and when they they arrived, he was just sitting on the porch holding this holding the gun. Still. I can only imagine him as like Matthew Lillard from oh Scream God. in that situation. Like, oh, oh, my mom and dad are gonna be so mad. That's the only reason well, I like watched that movie. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, fucking Billy Loomis though. Speak. That's Here. that's where it began for me. That's where it began. Anyway, <laughs> the sexual tension between the two. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, so mm -hmm. after he was arrested, he served, like, a brief little stint at the Ascadero State Hospital from ages 15 to 21. That's a brief stint. <laughs> Seven well, years. Compared to what most people do when they have to go to a state hospital. For murdering yeah. your entire family. I think family. the only reason he didn't get there, like, longer is because he was a minor. 
And it was California. They're a lot more lenient with certain things. Oh, yeah. But then they'll be like, oh, you stole these sunglasses? Seven years. Lord help you if you get three strikes. Oh, my God. I could only imagine. At that point, they'd just send you to, like, Idaho or something. Yeah, you're just done. Like, get out of here. You don't deserve... You don't deserve California heat. Anyways. California, yeah. But Ed did what he does best, as you know. Brown nosing at the hospital. He was an assistant. Which is, like... Hey, remember that time you, like, killed your grandma? We're gonna have you, like, help us out Period. the hospital. Period. He convinced them that he was, like, a good, sweet little bean, and he could do no wrong, and he just, he, whoop! He just, oops! You ever just slip and fall and a gun and kill your fucking <laughs> yeah. grandparents? You ever accidentally stab someone after they're dead? Me too. Happens to me all the time. Dude, yeah, I've, I've been known to accidentally do some stabbings. I've definitely accidentally murdered, like, five people. Oh, yeah. But, like, accidentally. <laughs> Total accident. <laughs> it was record. a little oopsie-daisy. <laughs> he became, like, an assistant of sorts, running tests on other patients, scheduling therapy appointments, filing, you know, assistant-type shit, which baffles me. Like, this young That's man- That's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, this young man just committed double murder, and- uh, and one of the reasons he says, I just wanted to see what it was like to kill grandma. And, and you guys are like, yeah, you could totally take over the filing. You want access to all these sharp pencils? Like, have at it, six foot four, 15-year-old Ed Kemper. But, um, like I said, he was in there for, like, a while. He was in there for a hot sack. Yeah, his whole teenage years he spent in, in there. And it's like, think about what you were doing from age 15 to 21. I was being a whore, mm-hmm. gaining some unhealthy obsessions, maybe Smoking some eating weed. disorders, you know, whatever, some good music taste. But overall, I turned out all right. <laughs> We're all out here experiencing sexual experiences and stuff, and he's in there uh, listening to rapists <laughs> tell you how to get away with shit. Which is only the healthiest thing Honestly, for a 17 to 20 Could you imagine how well I could have done had I learned all that? <laughs> While he was there, he was learning how to, like, camouflage with normal people, which he did really well, apparently, as we learn later. Well, Mr. Bumblebutt. Yep, Mr. Bumblebutt. <laughs> Mr. Bumblebutt. He, he said that he learned a lot from, like, the other sex offenders in there, and he even quoted one of them saying, quote, kill a woman after raping her to avoid leaving any witnesses. Which, of course, he later did. I was about to say, what about your little spunky dunk that you're leaving in her cooch? Uh, DNA evidence, sir. Well, this was the 70s. Did they even have... No, there was so much going on. We had Ted Bundy, we had Dahmer. Yeah, that wasn't until the 90s. That's when he got caught. We'll get there. I think he was a teenager in the 70s and the 80s. You're right. I'm almost positive. So he definitely killed someone when he was a teenager, though, right? He Mm -hmm. killed, like, a hitchhiker or something. Back to Bumblebutt. Yeah. So <laughs> so while Ed was in the hospital, he was diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic, which who, haven't, who hasn't been? Been there. Go to your local Lutheran church and I'll tell you the same thing. Every day of my life. That diagnosis was later revoked and said replaced with, quote, a personality disturbance being noted as the passive aggressive type. And I feel like, I told you this the other day, I feel like they must know some intense passive aggressive type bitches. Cause, um, because, um, that seems like, more of very just outward aggressive. <laughs> yeah, to me, passive aggressive is putting up that bar between your groceries and the groceries of, of like, an obese person on a wheelchair. Not, you know, <laughs> not killing hitchhikers and having sex with their corpses because you're mad at your mom. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. granted, my mom makes me want to kill myself. For sure. But you don't see me killing cute hitchhikers because I'm horny about it. <laughs> you know, like, I think I'll settle for the old-fashioned way of my mommy issues making me post pictures of my asshole on the internet for the validation of strangers. Me, though. <laughs> Link to Ireland's OnlyFans is in the bio. 
by my titty pics. <laughs> I promise I won't cut off your head and have sex with it. Unless you're into that. Oh. <laughs> then you have to pay a little extra, like maybe 20 bucks. I need, I need it in writing. <laughs> yeah, I need it in writing. Anyway. <laughs> so it's it's also like super known that doctors believed that Ed really was no harm, because of course he bamboozled them. He, they thought he was rehabilitated, and doctors even thought he could have been, quote, a functioning member of society. I just don't think any, that's just not true. This they is, must not have tried. I can't imagine that he was that good at, like, weaseling his way. Look at Mr. Little Bumblebutt. He's a monster. Yeah, Look at his eyes. You can't, because he's got them double-pane glasses. Yeah, that's why I don't trust him. Like, <laughs> like you trust Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys, though. Because Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys isn't six foot nine. But if he was... I'd climb him like a tree. That's what I thought. Yeah. So one of his doctors on, on the last closing report of his probation said, quote, and I'm quoting, quote, if I were to see this patient without having any history available or getting any history from him, I would think that we're dealing with a very well-adjusted young man who has initiative, intelligence, and who is free of any psychiatric illness. See, that's what they said about me in the psych ward, and I can guarantee you. <laughs> and I am not. The quote continues. Oh no, there's more. It is my opinion he has made a very excellent response to the years of treatment and rehabilitation, and I would see no psychiatric reason to consider him to be of any danger to himself or any member of society. Uh, wrong. <laughs> Since it may allow him more freedom as an adult, and it did, to develop his potential, I would consider it reasonable to have a permanent expansion of his juvenile records. So it was also hidden? Yeah. So that means, like, you wouldn't see it if you did, like, a quick look. Background check. Or You'd have to go way, 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 way deep to find it. Uh, sneaky and they were like, it'll give him more freedom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Too much. Yeah. So he can murder more people. Yeah. Never. Because, you know, people don't reoffend over, especially mm-hmm. in the... Psychiatric hospital, especially in like the seventies. Yeah. No one ever would ever do more crimes in the seventies. Yeah, the seventies were known for free love and murder. How many serial killers were in the seventies? Honestly, though, all, most of them. Most of them, because they were all like, "Yeah, I can do that. I can do whatever the fuck I Maybe want." Maybe we didn't have too many serial killers earlier because everyone was in the war, and that's where they were taking out their urges. For real, though, and Kemper never would have been a serial killer if he could have just enlisted. Oh, if he could have been in World War II, that would have been everything for him. Dude, he would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Born a little too late, I guess. Right, think, at, the, right at the cusp. Right he was born. <laughs> what a scam. However, they all agreed that by no means should he be returned to the care of his mother, his main trigger, which... Right, yeah. Same. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, if I could classify its mom, though, as, like, a feminazi. You know, because she was like, Mer, all yeah. men need to die. They're worthless. Yeah, that's a lot. Which I agree on the most part. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. I think I could count on both hands how many men I think shouldn't die, and the rest we can just get rid of. I mean, truly. And five of those men are Jim Carrey. Yeah. <laughs> and the other five are Adam Driver. Oh, yeah. And there's, like, a little bit of Keanu Reeves in there. Oh, like But does he even count? He's, like, otherworldly. He's a, he's a patron saint. Yeah, he doesn't even count. But, um, Ed later in life said that his mom put the co-eds at the college she worked at on a pedestal above Ed, which he totally did. And he even quoted her saying, you're like your father, you don't even deserve to know them, which is... That's we- that's totally not going to cause some kind of psychiatric Yeah, he's totally not going to want to sexually assault, like, what was it, eight women? Anyways. So many. <laughs> which is confusing, because, like, 
why, if she thought that he didn't deserve to know them, why did she give him a way to be around them by having him visit her at the college she worked at so often? Clearly this woman's line of reasoning was flawed. Seriously, also her thought, name was Clarnell. Yeah, so. her name was Clarnell and she thought hugging her son would make him gay. Yeah. So. <laughs> what I don't understand is she would lock him in the basement when he was nine to keep him from his sisters. Right. But now he's a grown man and she's like, here, have a car. Here, come visit me at the college. Look at all these fresh, young, high-waisted, short college ladies. And you know they were the sexiest back then. Dude, yeah, of course. They didn't shave their armpits or legs or nothing. No bras. Nothing. All that beautiful, long hair. I want to see what's under them turtlenecks. Period. Period. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I think the reason that she would let him come to the college is to kind of be like, like meat to a dog be like look what you can't have. yeah like i think she was like enjoying being like haha bitch you you're can't, not good enough you can't have these ladies because you don't know how to feel, talk to them i feel like it was also a double whammy because she was also like you can't go to college because you're a dumb bitch yep, <laughs> so it's kind of like you can't have this life at all but his iq was like 145 Mm, yeah. And he later said when he was in jail, he was like, I didn't know I was smart until they ran all these tests on me. I thought I was stupid. Aww. And maybe there's hope for us yet because I think I'm pretty fucking stupid. I'm fucking dumb. <laughs> so maybe after we kill some people and they, they <gasps> do some we tests, find out our true potential. Oh, love it. By then it'll be too late. We'll be in prison. But at the ripe age of 21 on his birthday, barely younger than you and me, where was he sent? Where was he sent? To live with his mama. To his mama. Where they literally explicitly said, hey, don't send him back there. He'll be okay if he doesn't go back there. And they were like, anyways. So, like, fuck that. Hey, Clarnell, here's your punching bag. Hey, Clarnell, hey, Clarnell. Here's that boy you fucking hate. (laughs) Here's that child that you said makes you want to die. But anyways, so like I said, she told Ed that, like, she didn't want to give him affection out of fear it would, like, turn him soft and gay. Right. I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. But he really only went out with the intention of killing after they got into arguments. Damn. Which is like, maybe don't stay with her, you know? You could have at any point been like, I'm a uh, full-grown adult. Let's go not do that. Yeah, but he did actually, which I didn't know this until I had to do all this fucking research. <laughs> he did actually manage to save up some money and move in with a friend out of his mom's place. However... That was to no avail because she kept doing, like, surprise visits. Oh, Jesus. She called him, like, 12 times a day. And it's so weird because she fucking hated yeah, him. Yeah, she, she hated him, but then she'd be like, hi, honey. And I'm like, I'm getting, like, flashbacks to my own mother. Ugh. Am I Ed Kemper? Oh, my God. Please, God, no. <laughs> Don't cut my head off and have sex with it. Period. Like, <laughs> I'll try my I'll try my best. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that mullet just drives me crazy. <laughs> But he actually, like, would get down on his luck with, like, money. So, due to those financial difficulties, he would end up moving back in with her (sighs) several, several times. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Something I also didn't know until I started researching was that Ed was actually engaged. What? Yeah, he was engaged, though briefly, um, to a girl he met at a high school, which is kind of questionable. Tell me he was doing the Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, like, all right. <laughs> but he's trying that, but it's actually just Edmund Kemper like, oh, like, what are yeah. you saying? He's got that deep, weird voice, sounds like molasses, <laughs> like stale molasses. But I don't know if she was a high schooler or if she worked at the high school. I don't know. But obviously the engagement was called off when he got arrested for all the murders and killing his mom and her family requested that her name not be released to the public so i don't know who she is which is probably best for her oh thank god 
That poor woman. Best. <laughs> poor woman. They're just like, at what point did you realize he wanted to decapitate you and have sex with your quirk? Yeah. Well, when did you know he, he wanted... He went into some really freaky bed stuff. <laughs> I just thought it Why was Why do you sound know? like Jodi Arias? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so through 11 months between 1972 and 1973... Edmund Kemper killed eight young women, often decapitating, violating, raping, and dismembering them after shooting, stabbing, and or strangling them. So did he rape them first and then murder them, or was it all just kind of a mishmash? I think the only one that I read was the 15-year-old. That was the only one he raped before killing her. Okay. The well, rest, he straight up, like, just killed them and then was like, as a matter of fact, copse, you got there. Should be a shame if someone fucked it. <laughs> And that kind of reminds me of, like, Dahmer in the way that it's, like, they only felt people would stay around if they killed them. Yeah, I do like, remember I th- maybe, reading something about that. Maybe Ed Kemper felt the only way he could actually have sex with them is if they were dead. Yeah, there is later a quote that he says something like that. But, um, the... I remember watching a Bailey Sarian video, who I'm in love with, yeah, and it was about Jeffrey Dahmer, and he said that he didn't like when people moved during sex. Which is, like, kind of weird, you know? But listen, I'm just saying, if you find a real freaky diggy bitch, I will sit in the chest freezer for 15 minutes, and I will lay perfectly still, because frankly, the less effort I have to put in, Jeff, I feel better about that. Period. Period! But he was, like, into, like, gay men. Would you be able to pull that off? I'm telling you, dye your peach fuzz, wouldn't even be able to notice. Oh, I'd be like, hey, Dahmer. Hey, Dahmer. I, too, wear glasses. And, and I also it. am hairless, which I do know he enjoyed. But back to Bumblebutt. <laughs> back to Bumblebutt. So with a name like the co-ed killer and the co-ed butcher, it's pretty obvious he went after college students. You and I would have nothing to worry about. Thank God. <laughs> but like, how, like I said, how would he have such a plethora of college girls? That's where his mama comes in. Stupid bitch. Dumb, dumb bitch. Most of his victims were college students, except for his grandparents, um, the 15-year-old he killed, her mother and her best friend. Oh, yeah. yeah, he went full berserker. Yeah. The rest were all college students, no older than, like, 22. Damn. Oh, or we 22 or totally 23. Safe. Never mind. <laughs> well, we would have been mostly safe, because, like, we're also not... Pick- uh, I'm not picking up rides. No. <laughs> but you are walking all over the place. I'm not picking up a ride from Bumblebutt, though. You <laughs> yeah, tell but- me... He rolls the window down and like, hey, you want a ride? And he's probably breathing heavy, because he's, like, 300... <laughs> <laughs> Right somewhere. No, sir. Thanks, though. I actually don't know how to pronounce the name of some of his victims. Oh. So we'll have to figure that out in a second. But the first victims after his release from the hospital and the victims to kick off his little 11-month spree were Marianne Pesci and Anita Lucheza. Any relation to Joe Pesci? <laughs> you know, I thought that the entire time I was writing this, I was thinking about fucking Goodfellas. <laughs> my cousin Vinny. Am I fucking funny to you? <laughs> How am I funny? You won't fucking murder me. You can't fucking murder me. <laughs> <laughs> Period. <laughs> but the day was May 7th, 1972. The day the funk died. <laughs> I was about to say two days after Cinco de Mayo. Like, who fucking gives a shit about that? What do you think I was doing for Cinco de Mayo? <laughs> Looking for some fine-ass college students. To murder. <laughs> the two young women were both 18-year-old college students, so they were ripely legal, <laughs> like, right there. Freshly they were hitchhiking plucked. from Fresno University to Stanford University, which, according to Google Maps, today is about a three-hour-long drive. Which probably makes sense that they didn't notice that Ed drove an hour in the other direction 
to uh, the Santa Cruz Mountains. And he took them to the so mountains. Not to victim shame. No, ever. But at what point do you not notice, like, these are mountains. These aren't looking familiar. This doesn't look right. Yeah, because it's not like he got to the cusp of the mountains and was like, I? They didn't just, like, pop up. It's like, the cedars start And there's two of them. Again, never victim shaming, but, like, at some point, I'd be like, hey, hey, Rhonda, whatever the fuck her name is. (laughs) Marianne and Anita. Anita. I'd be like, hey, Anita, the fuck's going on, bud? (laughs) Like, should we bail? And then you just tuck and roll, motherfuckers. Well, I don't think they could have bailed, because he would do that thing where he would say, oh, I think your door is not shut, and he'd reach across them and he'd put a chapstick behind the lock so that they couldn't get out. Well, maybe they fucking didn't build cars, stupid, back then. <laughs> now I'm just automotive shaming. So now we're shaming. automotive shaming? Never. Oh my god. I'm just saying. <laughs> but once he got to the mountains, he bound Anita and locked her in the trunk, and then he both stabbed and strangled oh Pesci. Oof. And he actually, Kemper actually later said that he apologized for accidentally touching Pesci's boob. Like, he, he like, rushed it and he felt embarrassed. Who's more than Lana now? Also, was this before or after he... Was it, like, while he was murdering her? No, he while was he like, was... Sorry, I touched your boob. <laughs> no, try, try, while, try. He was, while he was cuffing her, oh, okay. he said that his hand, like, brushed across her breast and he was like, oh, I felt embarrassed and I just apologized. And I was like, bro, the things you did to her... I can guarantee a little slight touch of the tit is not her worst concern. But maybe, concern. again, maybe in his mind, when she was dead, he wasn't witnessing that- they weren't witnessing that crime. Yeah, he couldn't be kind, rejected if they were dead. Kind of like with his grandpa. Oh, yeah. So that he wouldn't be a witness to that. He didn't want them to witness their own- That's fair. Sexual assault. That's fair. Not that that justifies anything. He's still no, of course jerk not. Off, of course not. He, ha- he actually used a ruse to get Anita out of the trunk, saying that he had slapped around Marianne because she got lippy, and that she was hurt and needed her friend's help. So, hold up. So listen, Anita gets out of the car, and she's like, I'm going to help my friend. And what does he do? He stabs and strangles her. Yeah. And it's like, <sighs> I had to slap her around a little bit. Can you come help her? What? She needs your help. Like, dude. You're almost seven feet tall. You can fucking help her. Like, you were the one that did the thing? Yeah, you did the thing. Also, how was she supposed to get her fucking happy ass out of the trunk herself? I I don't know. I'm just reading what he said, my home size. But while he was driving the bodies back to his house, he was actually pulled over for a busted taillight. He could have got caught then and there. And the police were like, hey, uh, looks pretty suspicious, but uh, yeah. you're a white cis man, so uh, I got broken You got some scratches on your face, and uh, definitely it smells like rape in here, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> what does rape smell like? Cedarwood candles. 100% cedarwood candles. Cedarwood candles with like stanky sandalwood. Stanky sandalwood. <laughs> and the cops are just like, well, you're good to go. Just fix that daylight, bro. Yeah, fix have that Have fun daylight. raping and murdering. There's some blood flowing from your trunk, but have fun. As a white man, I understand how hard it can be. Being a white man. <laughs> Period. Feminism. <laughs> Period. Period. Imagine them saying that in the 70s. <laughs> But Ed actually took pictures of their bodies before having intercourse with them and dismembering them. Needless to say, his roommate was not home. (laughs) In in August of that year, only Marianne's skull was found. None of the other remains have been able to be located to this day. So what the fuck did- That's scary. I have no idea. That's terrifying. How someone can just- Gone. And they're like, oh, here's a skull. There's no bones. What What would you do if you found a skull in the woods? Personally, I would recite Hamlet before telling the police. (laughs) 
<laughs> you would just keep it? I would just keep it. Uh, what was the odds that it was actually a murder victim? I... There's not like a... There's about sale check the serial number, but Bones don't have those. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, God. I have to do the, 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 the voice thing to figure out how to pronounce this next victim's what's name. The, what's, the, what's the worst thing could charge me with if I just kept a skull? Obstruction of justice. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How do you... Hold on, hold on. Eikoku. Can't wait to butcher that. Okay. Eikoku. Eikoku. That sounds like a like a fuckboy. Like, Eikoku. I fucking hate every bit of that. <laughs> so, so this victim always really, like, sticks with me, and I have no idea why, but as the voice thing just said, uh, the victim's name was Eikoku. She was 15-year-old dance student <sighs> who only accepted a ride from Ed because she missed her bus and was desperate not to miss practice. Oh, Bumble butt, you dickhead. Yeah, he actually pulled a gun on, on Koo before accidentally locking himself out of the car. <laughs> Bumble butt who? Bumble butt where? Not to plagiarize off of your favorite podcast, but come on. <laughs> he somehow managed to like gain her trust to convince him to let him back in the car. And I think that might have been one of the victims where he was like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm only going to rape you. He actually, like, I read an interview where he said that, and I was like, if I hear that, there's no way I'm letting you in the car. No, I'm just going to sit here until somebody else comes. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to vibe, so you best break your knuckles breaking open this window. I can't as a rape 15-year-old. I mean, I might be like... Okay. Stop it. I'm a terrible person. But sadly, once he got access back to the car, he choked her until she was unconscious, sexually assaulted her, and then killed her. He actually stopped at a bar for a few drinks with her dead body still in his trunk. And he said that um, before leaving and, like, before he finished his drinks, he went out to his car, opened the trunk while still at the bar to look at her and, quote, admire her like a fisherman admires his catch. Went back, finished his drinks, and then drove her back home to his house where he again that had to have like stunk yeah especially california heat yeah like in that short drive just to the bar that had to have already started decomposing like so how do you not notice rotting corpse dude i don't know maybe they're practicing the ancient art of mind your business i really don't know but i don't know but he again sexually solves her dead body before dismembering it and like i like i said i don't know why hers always sticks with me. It's just so sad. She she was just a 15-year-old kid who missed class. Yeah. And she just really didn't want to miss her bus. Like, wrong place, wrong time. Could have been any of us. Yeah. You know? And then he just... uh, Although, to be fair, I would much rather be unconscious slash dead if someone's going to assault me like that. Yeah. Like, at least do me the solid of putting me out of my misery so I don't have that replaying through my mind when my life is flashing. His third victim was Cindy Schall. Okay. These weird names, bro. (laughs) Imagine naming your child Cindy. You just give up. I should not be making fun of the victim. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, Cindy. You have a lovely name. I said it smelled like rape in here earlier. Like, I think we're Uh, past the point of not being problematic. She was his first victim after he moved in with his mother in 1973, the year of my father's birth. Um, How long after the 15-year-old was this? Like, a few months, maybe? Like, two or three? So he was not taking a very long chill-down period No, not really, but compared to other serial killers, he was. Like, how many did Dahmer have? Oh, he was... About a few. 
Like 10 or so? Not a few. About a few. So he was just a few more. Um, But he was driving around the Cabrillo College campus where he picked up Cindy. That's the campus his mom worked at, if I'm not mistaken. And after fatally shooting her with a 22 caliber pistol, which just rolls off the tongue, Mm. (laughs) he took her back to his mother's house in his trunk where he kept her hidden overnight. Uh oh, stinky. Why was no one asking questions? I don't know. He, Where have you been? Why are you covered in blood? What's all this laundry? All right, have a nice day, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, he removed the bullet from her skull and had sexual intercourse with her dead body. Before. He removed the bullet. Yeah, he would do that so that there couldn't be recognition of his gun, which is like okay. That's I mean, I guess. Is. Yeah, that's but far. he had intercourse with her dead body. He then dismembered it and decapitated it in his mother's bathtub. He actually kept her head for several days, using it to perform oral sex on him. And in a personal, yeah, in a personal <laughs> joke to Ed, he buried Cindy's head under his mother's window in her garden, stating, "quote She always wanted people to look up at her." "Quote That's almost BGK level cringe. Yeah, it almost is. <laughs> but Ugh. all of Cindy's body was found except for her head and right hand. Which is like, what were you doing? What? With that Where handed? did he put them? Dude, like, I don't did he know. not bury? Like, I don't. Some understand of them, that. he was just like chuck it, and then other ones, I, he buried them in weird places, like in his mother's garden. I guess. I guess so, but like, I guess if you're smart, I, I don't. I don't understand. Dude, I don't get it either. How a person can just whole ass disappear. Dude, me neither. It's scary. It's terrifying. Yeah, me and my dad watch a lot of crime shows, so I know what I'd do with a dead body. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> but on February 5th, 1973, after a heated argument with his mother, Ed went out and to look for new victims mm. to take his anger and aggression out on. However, like, this was at the time when everyone was like, yo, I think there's a serial killer. We should tell these college girls to be careful. So what they would do is they'd be like, only use campus buses and only accept rides from people who have college stickers or tags on their car. And what did Ed have? Because his mother worked at the college? Fucking stickers! A sticker! So they were like, no, it's fine, you know? And like... He's good people. And he said that the way he would get people into his car was like, he looks dorky, so they're they're not going to think this dorky giant is going to do anything. Like, he's going to keep us safe. He's got a college sticker. He's going to be fine. All I... Like... He had the glasses. He yeah. had the Dahmer glasses. Mm-hmm. Like, any man with those glasses and a mustache... Not safe. Not safe. But they thought, like, he's got a college sticker, and he's just a dorky dude. He can... But he's also possibly. a dorky six-foot-nine yeah. monster. 300 pounds, six feet, nine a inches. A straight, unbridled, toxic masculinity. Huge dude, <laughs> who isn't shown affection out of fear of homosexuality, which is a whole other can of worms. And it's like, whole-ass necrophilia. A whole other reason not to like his mother. But that's where he found 20-year-old Alice Liu and 23-year-old Rosalind Thorpe. That's a good name. Thorpe. That is a good name. Thorpe. Thorpe. <laughs> Rosalind actually got in the car first and assured Alice that it was okay and safe because she'd been doing this for a while. And she was like, okay. no, I got this. It's safe. Alice, get in the car. And it's like, uh... I want to... <laughs> never mind. <laughs> like, I want to hit her, but... Spider senses, don't get in the car. Which, of course, we know it wasn't safe, but nonetheless, Ed shot them with his twenty-two pistol, wrapped them in blankets, and dismembered them in his car when he got home. And I mean out in the open, like on the street. And Ed actually said that if his neighbors looked out of their picture window, they'd have seen him. Out in the open. And Just white out there. He, Not a single question. Yeah, period. That would have made sounds... It definitely would have made, like, a sloshy macaroni sound. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> he <And> con- snapping. <laughs> yep. He continued uh, his routine of taking out the bullets so that there couldn't be any gun identification. 
Ed said that he dismembered his victims because they were, quote, nothing without their heads. Which, huh. I feel like... It's not true. I feel like uh, I'm more recognizable because of my random David Bowie tattoo. I have so many tattoos. That are- yeah, I think that's... If if you ever go missing and they're like, we need you to identify your friend, I'd be like, show me the ass. <laughs> I know that ass anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> what if that's all they find of me is just, just my ass? ass. <laughs> is that a 666 tattoo? Yeah, I know who it is. <laughs> that ass just... That's just my ass! ass. <laughs> They'll be like, show you the ass. I'm like, I said, show me the ass. And then give it one last slap. <laughs> That'll be your last contact. It's just a slap. Just a little... Before I get cremated, I want someone to slap my forehead and say I should have had a V8. I want that to be my last and final contact before I'm sent to the gods. You know what I'm saying? Just like, bam, should have had a V8. And, like, my corpse will be like, thank you. As I roast, I'll be like, should have had a V8. <laughs> as long as I don't end up decapitated as a corpse, I think I'm happy. Yeah, I think, I, I just need to be one full part. One full being. <laughs> Even, like, in half is fine, just as long as there's, the fewer pieces, the better. Honestly, yeah, just put me in, a, in like, a, a confetti gun and just... <laughs> But not as ashes. Whoever can put me together gets my will and testament. <laughs> now that's a funeral Ed Kemper would have Oh, yes, of. it is. I think I'll invite him. I'll show up as a spirit. Hey, I need you to accept that parole. Come to my funeral, kill somebody, go back. It's just him in, like, a bubble, like, um... You like Bubble Boy? <laughs> like, uh, the Pope, how they put him in the Pope. Oh, my God. And, like, full Hannibal Lecter, like, mm-hmm. shackles, just like... Period. Hey. <laughs> the last day of his murder spree was April 30th, 1973. My dad wasn't even born yet. 1973? My dad was. Well, yeah, but your dad was older. He was. Yeah. But his final victims were his 52-year-old mother, now going by the name Clarnell Strandberg, after another failed marriage. That's what you get. Dumb bitch. Clarnell. <laughs> Phobic. And her best friend, 59-year-old Sally Hallett. Damn. Sally, what a name. Ed said, I knew a week before she died I was going to kill her. I like how he said a week before she died. Yeah, like as if she wasn't murdered. <laughs> like she just had a heart attack or something. Like, no, you fucking brutally murdered your yeah. mom. After coming home from a party in a drunken state, Ed was woken up and going to his mom's room to wish her good night. She said, I suppose you're going to want to stay up all night and talk. He was like, no, good night. And in the interview, he actually like started crying talking about his mom. Which I was like, oh, who's I mean, a little liar? Who's <laughs> a little bitch ass? Yeah. Them alligator tears. Um, in, in, like I said, in the interview, he starts to tear up, and he waited for her to fall asleep before, quote unquote, bludgeoning her to death with a claw hammer and Ugh. slitting her throat. Ugh. Ed can be quoted saying, quote, for seven years, she said, for seven years, I haven't had sex with a man because of you, my murderous son. It was one of our arguments. And I cut her head off, and I humiliated her corpse, and I said, There. And I was like, they said that in Mindhunter. <laughs> they did say that they in did, Mindhunter. Except I think they said eight years in Mindhunter. Yeah, something like that. Something like, I don't know. Oh, God. Holden makes me so horny. Dude, something about the guy that plays Ed Kemper for some reason. He's beautiful. I'm like, hey, what's up, mama? Him in Umbrella Academy also makes me horny. Dude, yeah. Very horny. I think it's, I just like glasses and I don't know why. I like his voice. He's yeah, scary. I like his voice too. that scary man voice. <laughs> that. that like deep molasses voice. <sighs> he used her head also as a dartboard. He tore out her tongue and larynx and tried to put them in the garbage disposal. However, they wouldn't take. And of course, Ed thought that was funny, saying she complained and nagged so much in life the organs were too tough to destroy. Which, that's kind of funny. That's kind of everything. That's kind of funny. 
Um, hey, just imagine Kevin being like, ah, ah, well, ah. I knew it. Ah. I knew it. But he actually like stuffed her body in a closet before going out for a few drinks. And imagine being like, who is this strenuous work? You know what I could use? A Bud Light seltzer. <laughs> I'm going to talk to my cat friends. <laughs> um, he knew the only person that would really come looking for his mother was her best friend, Sally. So he came home from the bar, called her, and invited her to dinner and a movie with the two of them. Um, <laughs> he said that he only murdered her to create the story that her and his mother went on vacation. He also put her body in a closet, which left no outward appearance of any disturbance at all. Like, like the police were like, nobody died here. How and they did he clean up all of that blood? Because he brutally murdered them. That had to have been everywhere. I don't know where he murdered Sally, but I do know he murdered his mom in her room. Yeah, like, what? But, I mean, like, the live the out, like, living area of the okay. house was undisturbed. And I guess, again, just to reference last podcast on the left again, <laughs> if there's a room that you cannot enter, someone's murdering people. Period. <laughs> and they're in that room. Yep. Ed expected, like, this great big manhunt, so he actually, like, dipped out. He left a note saying they died at, like, approximately a certain time, and he was like, had to stuff them in a closet, gotta go, busy. And it's like, you fucking idiot. Like, you have an IQ of 140, and that's the note you leave? And they, like, didn't even really look for him, did yeah, they? Yeah, they, they, they didn't, like, they didn't know that he was gone until he called. He drove three days over a thousand miles to Colorado and it wasn't until he got on a payphone to call in California to be like, hey, I murdered my mom and her friend. And, like, he wanted to be a police officer before, as you right. know, but he was turned out for, quote-unquote, being too tall. I don't think that was it at all. No, he's fucking crazy. Yeah. But, um, so he became friends with a lot of police officers and, like, struck up a lot of friendships and stuff. And, he, like I said, he was known to be kind of a dork. So when he confessed murdering his mother, nobody believed him. They're like, yeah, okay, big dad, you killed your mom. Click. He had to call back a couple times before they were like, maybe, uh, maybe we should go check on this. Oh like, my fucking, hold on. He had to call back, like, a number of times. <gasps> hold on, I Imagine- have to take a real quick piss and I will <laughs> unpack all of this nonsense. God, speed. Thank you so much. I'll pause this. Is there a way to pause this? I think there's a way to pause this. Pause. I was like, I think I can wait until we're done. But, uh... Literally any time you could have been like, eight. Hey, I know. I know. But, okay. So, so hold up. Back so, to what we were talking about. So this motherfucker... So this man... So this man... <laughs> Lewis Joe. Thinking, thinking that there's this giant man hunt for him. Yeah, he thought there was gonna There's be a not. Man no one gives a shit. Nobody cared. Nobody even So suspected. he's all the way in Colorado at this point. Yeah. And he's has noticed no... Yeah. Nothing on the news. Nothing in the news. Nothing at all. And he was like, <laughs> I should probably call somebody. And he's like, okay, so I'm not satisfied with this for some reason. Yeah. And he's like, calls. And he's just like, oh, this is Ed Kemper. Yeah, like, kill my mom. Yeah, so, uh, kill my mom. And her friend. There's like eight other women. <laughs> I'm like eight other women. They're like, that's real fucking funny, Ed. Okay, Ed. Click. Click. <laughs> yeah, it took a couple calls. And then, like, after a few, they were like, hmm maybe we should check up on this. So, like, <laughs> Yeah, bud. You know Big Ed? Big Ed. Uh, 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 I'm starting to think that, uh, maybe he actually murdered those people. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna call from Colorado. What the fuck are they doing in Colorado? What are they doing in fucking Colorado? We I should mean, probably go check on it. Let's go! 
nobody even noticed that his mom and her friend were missing either. So shows how important they were. But um, upon his capture, Ed said that the original purpose was gone. With his mother gone, he felt no reason to further the killing. And there's so many times that he should have been caught. Like, so many. Yeah, like, again, looking at a dead body at the bar. Like, he got pulled over for a busted taillight, dismembering them in the middle of the neighborhood in front of his home. I fucking hate cops. Police officers actually went to his house to retrieve a gun. Because, like, there was a registry saying he was a felon and that he also had a gun. And they didn't take away his twenty two; They took away a different one. But they were They were there. And if they had just looked a little bit deeper into his trunk, they'd have seen things he used they to kill people. They just didn't do anything. Did they, they were just have. like, nah, Big Ed couldn't. With a, but then again, his history was ex, was expunged, yeah. so no one knew he had a history. Yeah. On, but still, fuck cops. Acab, baby. Acab! On December 18th of this year, Ed will be 72 years old. He's still old. living? He's still living. That's crazy. But his last interview was 1991. He's declined everyone since. Which kind of makes me mad, but I did see a picture of him from uh, 2011, and he looks like your average boomer, so. I hate that. <laughs> but he has actually turned down parole several times. Oh, he's turn- been he's, turned down? He's before? turned it down. He said he's happy in prison. Uh, he was found guilty on first-degree murder on eight charges in November Damn. 1973 and sent to a maximum security prison for life. Like I said, he's still alive. Old Eddie Boy is serving his eight life sentences in the California Medical Facility in Vascaville. That's fucking whack. I Dude, know. Yeah, it's... And he records audiobooks. Yes, he does. Which they hit on in Mindhunter. I know there's a little bitty boop where he's, like, doing his thing, talking to the isn't fucking it, microphone. Isn't it in Mindhunter, he's like, I'm trying to write a book. Yeah. You could get me a typewriter. And he, like, does it over and over, like, hey, I need a little help with that typewriter. <laughs> He's my favorite character. I, I pulled up a picture of what he looks like as of 2011. Ooh! Completely different. Ooh! That prison food... He looks like a toe. That prison food is not doing my boy any good. No. Uh... Yeah, he can stay in there. He can stay in there for a long time. I don't want him running. Because he does look like a regular boomer. He does. Although he's really tall, so you probably would be able to be like, oh my fucking god, that's fucking Ed Kemper. <laughs> yeah, but when you get older, you kind of... You slouch. Yeah. But something I've always wondered about like serial killers is like the families of the serial killers. Like, how do they go on with life? You've got the last name. Like, how does His Jeffrey Dahmer's... His probably like, change their names. Um, I know that he did have a, a, a half-brother from the new marriage that his father got into. And his half-brother, who used an alias, so we're not going to include his name, uh, actually said that the family lives in fear that he will be paroled one day. Oh, God. According to CrimeNews.com, which is probably so reliable, he could be quoted <laughs> saying, he had this control over the family and there's still anger over what he did. So many people live in fear that he could be allowed freedom. And he also said that a lot of the family are still really mad that he, like, killed the grandparents. And that if they could, they would hunt and kill Ed for what he did to the family. Yeah, that's that's Um, a valid opinion to have. He also fears that Ed wasn't completely honest with the extent of his crimes and thinks that he only told about 30% of the truth of his depravity and what he did and stuff. Which is like... Yeah, they never really found the body, so there's no way of Yeah, doing. we have no idea. Because normally serial killers tend to, like, over-exaggerate, mm-hmm. but it seems like little Bumblebutt here may have, like, yeah. reined it in because he didn't want to seem like a super bad guy. Yeah, because, you know, I'm just a dork. Oh, I have mommy issues. <laughs> but Ed's sisters, um, Eileen and Susan, 
I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right, Eileen Allen, I don't know. Uh, they, however, think that Ed was, quote, a good guy who did bad things. But Susan died in 2014. That's She's buried in Montana. That's really crazy that the They're people They're like, no, closer... he was a good guy, he just, you fucked up. You that's know? wild. What do you I think? didn't know that. If you were on Forensic Files for doing a murder, who do you think they'd pull in to interview about you, and what do you think they'd say? Definitely you. And <laughs> the first thing you'd say was, um, absolutely like, called it. Link to the OnlyFans. <laughs> Link to I'm the running OnlyFans. it now. Yep. <laughs> it's just nudes of me through the bars. <laughs> hundred percent. Um, and they would probably pull in my mother, who'd be like, yeah, saw this coming. <laughs> um, and they would probably pull in a few other, like, definitely you, my mom, my sister, and they'd all probably say the same shit, like, yeah, we probably We all knew it was coming. I wasn't the least bit surprised. Not at all. But I also know that if I were to murder anyone, it would be a crime of passion. There's no way I could premeditate. Yeah, I'm not smart enough to premeditate anything. I just I don't have that much anger. Yeah. I'm but too empathetic. I That's how you know I'm not a serial killer. <laughs> I suppose our ending question would be, uh, what would you think, like, which of your family members do you think would be a serial killer, and how long do you think they'd get away with it? I honestly was scared that my dad was, like, I swear <laughs> to God. I was like, I, if I'm going through all of his stuff after he passes, and he's somehow hiding something oh major like that, like, he's just been a serial killer this whole time. Um, I could see, my dad would be the only one, because he was very, he, like, certain attributes of him reminded me of John Wayne Gacy. Really? Mm-hmm. But, he definitely wasn't, thank God. Or he hit it so well. <laughs> oh my God, he might have hit it so well that you just never know, you know? Make a lot of sense, all them Zodiac killer jokes. Period, period. What about you? Oh, man, who I think would be a serial killer mm-hmm. in my family? Uh, me. And... <laughs> No. I don't know, but I don't I don't think I I think uh I would only kill like ex-boyfriends who like scorned me. Like if I could kill my my uh, ex-boyfriend from last year, probably would. Yeah. Like that's what you get for texting me from a new number saying I never loved you like you loved me. <laughs> now you're dead. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> I guess I could also see myself, but that would have to be like a real bad succession of days, Joker style. Oh yeah, and then I just completely unhinge. Oh yeah. And Do you then... think you would turn yourself in like Ed did, or like probably? Yeah, I asked my dad. I was like, "Who in our family do you think you could be a serial killer?" And he said, "Hmm, all of them." <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd all be able to get away for for a minute too. So I guess the moral of that story is don't cross me, because me and mine don't take care of it. And I'll just cry. Yeah. <laughs> I seem like a bad bitch, but I'm a sad bitch. <laughs> me. So I guess on that note, we can close this chapter on dear old Eddie boy, and we can revisit it whenever he dies, or whenever I sneak Tribute in to episode. perform fellatio. I don't know. <laughs> don't do the macarena at me. <laughs> do you want to say goodbye? Bye, audience! Link to my OnlyFans in the bio. Link to the OnlyFans in the bio. (laughs) Bye! Bye! Bye!